God wants to bless us in that way. Well, I am blessed here this morning, um, and we're going to give you some pictures here in a little bit at the appropriate time, but not yet. Uh, but uh, many moons ago, I was fortunate to have her say, I do. And um, my, my sister, I remember my, so I was like, uh, I was 28, and um, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm a musician that's just kind of going to kind of, you know, I came out of like the 60s and 70s, you know, when when it was cool to, well, actually, I went to University of Denver and I wore, uh, I like to wear overalls and hiking boots. And um, yeah, I mean, this is a different era, you know, but I, I had, I had, uh, my visions of family were not there yet until um, I met my wife and God started helping me with that. Any, anyway. My, my, my life was just a little bit adrift. I mean, I had done some pretty cool things, I think. You know, I, I, my, I'm connected with God and everything, but it's like it's kind of meandering a little bit. Anyway, when I met my wife, I remember my sister said something. She says, well, finally, he'll get to be able to do what he's supposed to do, finally. <laughs> and I'm still on my way, but it's because my wife is with me, and she's been a blessing to me. When we first got together, um, he had traveled and been over in Africa for, I don't know, six or eight months with a missionary and was building um, a Bible school. And so he had to relate to these uh, Africans during the day and had no way of doing so because he didn't speak Swahili. So at night he would study Swahili so that he could speak to them the next day. So when we first got married, he sang in Swahili in the shower and, uh, it's probably kind of Swahili. It's probably what it was, but, but it was fun. No, you sang that one song. Oh, okay. <laughs> How did it go? I don't need to try it. Mungu, Weyala, Shwala, or something. How does it go? You know, it's it's probably not even right. And and I don't think uh, I don't think JP knows Swahili, so he won't be able to. It'll be you. safe. So you can just nod your head. Munguni mwe masana, munguni mwe masana, munguni mwe masana, na atakuwa nami tahima. So he sang that, and I said, I'm never going to Africa, don't ask me. <laughs> um, but she told Brother Hagen that she would go. Yeah. yeah. She didn't tell God that, but she told Brother <laughs> She told Brother Well, Hagen. close. <laughs> Brother Hagen. So, so anyway... Uh, we get, we're going to continue talking about uh, family. and I, We just felt like God's put this on our heart for this time. We're going into the holidays. And, uh, and so I've enjoyed the last couple of weeks talking about how the family is to be a, a reflection, a likeness of God. And that's why we, why we were actually created. That uh, There are three parts of the family, too, that we're going to get into, and today we're just going to actually look at one part of that family. So when you think of a family, there are, there are, there's a, a mom and a dad and there's kids, right? I mean, that's pretty much what, I mean, everything's kind of get, gotten mixed up today because we're not following the pattern God gave us as much as we, as, as we should. But, but the way God designed it was that, and it's, and it's, um, it's none of the parts are superior to other parts, and yet all of the parts need to relate to each other for them to function as they should. 
And so when you look at the Father God, if the family is going to represent uh, the Father, remember what, what uh, God said. He said, let us make man in, in our image, right? And so what is the image of God? Well, there's three parts to God, isn't there? Are they any superior? Is one uh, superior to the other? They don't, it's not indicated ever that one is superior. You do have the Father God, you have the Holy Spirit, and you have the, the Son, right? And we're going to see how there's a reflection of those in a, in a family, that there is a head, that there's a, a support, and then there's an offspring. And, there's a, and the offspring actually become a, a reflection of the mom and dad also. So, so we're going to look at it with, with regard to that. And I just want to look at, at starting off today. Um, and, and the more I got into this, the more material I came across. So we'll see how we go today. And uh, just don't, don't worry too much. I'm, we're not going to try to get through everything. If we don't get through it, we'll get as much as we can. But what I want to look at today is, is talking about the, the male. And so I know we don't have just all males in here today. But here's one thing that I want to encourage you with. Um, when it comes to uh, the things that God is calling us to do, especially with regard to love, because most things about God, when he's, 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 he's looking for us to make a change in our life, it has to do with love, doesn't it? Um, but so much of the time, we, we get a love sermon and we start thinking of somebody that really needs to hear this. You know what I mean? It's like, man, I know just the person. Can I get a copy of that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But here's the deal with the things of God when it comes to a need to change. It always has to start with me. This is kind of where we're going to look at today. Is, is we're, we're going to be looking at males today, but, but all of us relate to a male, whether we're a male or not. There's something that God has designed for the male to fulfill. And so uh, whether you're a male or not, or you know uh, somebody that is a male that you think needs to hear this, <laughs> you can have, let's all be on the same page and say, well, I want to have a heart and understand what God's will is for any man in my life. And instead of looking at what's wrong, I want to be able to look and see what the pattern is for them to come into and to begin to see them as that. Then we can apply our faith to it and be encouraging each other, Okay. Because we are going to talk about males today. That's the deal. All right. We're going to look at, at, at three different parts of this. It's going to be just the male. So anytime there's a male in a family, he's got to know who he is. He's got to know he's a man. Uh, you know, I, I grew up and I went through psychology. And I had to take psychology in college. And uh, there's all this trauma that, a, that a, especially a son goes through. That is it Freud that came up with this thing? With you have to, you have this thing with your mother. I mean, this is what psychology says anyway. You know, and and the, the the point of it all is you resolve your own sexuality based upon things that you go through as a child growing up. You have to resolve these things, um, and they need to be resolved. You need to know who you are based upon how you're created, and then instead of trying to decide if you want to modify that or do something else with it, go back to the creator and say, okay, what is the pattern for me as a male? Because otherwise there's going to be frustration. If, if we want to try and say, okay, somebody says this, somebody says this, I feel this, uh, it's going to never be uh, solid. So it's going to be kind of a, 
well, it could be this or it could be that, you know? I want to go to the, to the rock. I, I want to go to the foundation that's not going to move. God said he created them male and female. So the first thing you're going to have to do when you're in a, in a family and you're a male is realize that there's, a, there's something good about how you've been created and there's a place for you to fulfill as a male, okay? Are we good with this? I just want to add something really quickly too. The Lord told us to do this right now. I know probably you're thinking, I know who I am. I'm a man, I'm a woman, whatever. And this isn't a problem for me. And maybe you're in a place in your life where, you know, I know we have some people who are older than we are and you might be saying, I don't need to hear that. I just want to encourage you. There's some things in this that the Holy Spirit's been showing us that we really feel like it's important to give and for you to have even to give yourself to maybe somebody else. And there's such an attack on the, the family unit right now in our society. You know, you've heard the word dismantling the family unit. And that is antichrist. That is a part of the antichrist spirit that is in our world today. And we really feel strongly that the Holy Spirit told us to teach on strong families, strong marriage, strong families. And all of us are somehow connected to a family. Amen? And there's some really good stuff here. So I just want to encourage you just to be open and take in what you, all that you can uh, from the Holy Spirit. And let's, let's get what God wants us to have. So, so you might think, well, we should be talking about world things. We should be talking about some other things. I believe God's preparing us for a revival uh, as a church. And, and a prerequisite for revival is having your own home in order. It's, it's very important for, you don't get to relate to the Father God if you're not relating to your family as you should. And so I believe this is part of, uh, you know, when we, were, when we were feeling to move this direction, I'm thinking, uh, I'm not sure about this timing and stuff. But I believe it's, it's for right now. Because what the enemy wants to do, the, the, the way he's attacking America, one of the biggest ways, is the family unit. And so uh, we'll, we'll just get into this. And this is a big part of this, what we're looking at here today. And I'll, we'll get into it here. Yeah. Um, and and uh, so there is a need for a fulfilled male role in the home. And there's a, if there's a need for that, there's going to be a challenge for it. So let me just go through some of these points real quick. Yeah. It is through the male that the nature of the Father God is to be seen. However, I already, uh, I already alluded to this a little bit. But it's the male that is the reflection of the Father God in the home. Um, by the design of creation, the male is equipped with natural gifting for a unique fu function. Um, while grace can equip with his absence, and this happens all the time. You have a mother that has been, you know, she's been abandoned. She gets graced. She can, she can sometimes, the children she raises are, are the stellar ones, you know. Yeah, like, like Mimi. We're, uh, we're the stellar ones, Mom. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, and it is. I mean, she, she's been an amazing, you know, mother by herself. But there was a loss there. They were meant to, to, she was meant to, to grow old with her husband, you know, as far as the family design. And, you know, sometimes there'll, there'll be other people that can come along and fill that role. But it's meant for there to be a, a completion with regard to that. Um, so, and then the last one there. There is a spiritual part of the male to play in equipping, strengthening, 
and directing for kingdom purpose. So I believe these statements are true. I believe that there's a part of the way a man is made to be. It's, part, it's, it's, it's why we have some of the uh, uh, chemicals that we have in our body. And the way we develop the way we do. Our voice naturally tends to be lower. There's, some thing, there's nat, a natural strength that we have based upon the testosterone levels in our body. You know, there's things that we're just made to do. It doesn't make us any better, but it may, we're supposed to fulfill a role as a result of that. Now, if that's true, if these things are true, would we all kind of agree that there's some truth to these? No, we're going to get into verifying this, but if there's some truth to there, there's a place for a man in a home, a male in a home, then there's going to be attack to his role in that place. If it's if essential for, for the family to be whole, then there's going to be an attack. It's like, like Mimi, there was a, there, uh, just came and took him from their life. And, but it doesn't, it's not always that drastic. Sometimes it, we're going to see this. The enemy wants to come in and he wants to disable the, the, uh, the power of the male in the home. And it's very necessary for that to be maintained. Uh, Pastor Kim's going to help me with this. So how many so some of, of these ever, challenges. How many have ever watched um, King of Queens? Is that what it's called? King of Queens? Yeah. Oh, Everybody, man, he's good. James, right? He's funny. He's funny. Kevin James. Everybody loves Raymond. Y'all know. I don't, those are the only two that I can think of off the top of my head. But there's a common thread in both of those shows and probably some others that are really popular. Um, maybe even Seinfeld. I don't know for sure. But there's a common thread in those those shows. The man is, is presented to be an, an absolute idiot. The, the father is just, can, can you not do anything right? The, the woman is always very domineering. There's a control and manipulating spirit, <laughs> y'all know, and, and well, they don't say that, but you you can see it in the show. But the thing is, is they cover it up with humor and comedy, and they make it gullible. They make it really fun to watch because, hey, we're making fun of him. He's just a bumbling idiot, you know. But in the meantime, there's something that's taking place, and those shows ran a long time and still do. Even Dick Van Dyke was kind of a dipstick, wasn't was he? he? Well, I don't know. But, you know, there's something presented there, and, it, and we've just been feeding on it for all these years, just taking it in, that this, this husband, this man of the house is not really the man of the house. The woman is wearing the pants. She's the one with the brains. And you're expecting it to be that way. You're expecting to roll your eyes at him and think, he just doesn't have it together. So there are challenges uh, for men in families, right? They, there's a few clear earthly examples to emulate, very few. Can you think of anybody that is a, a good example to emulate? So there have been stereotyped. There's a, there's a weakness and ineffectiveness as the father or the father image in the home. And uh, the perception of these guys are, they have, they're just spiritual followers. In the church even, I think there's kind of an error that, Oh, the women are the prayers and the men are just there. They're the providers. And that's not true. I know some amazing praying men. My husband is one of them. Um, there is a strength in men that is supposed to be, that is a God-given thing. But society has suppressed it. And we've fed into it. 
It's been a spirit. And I believe it's part of the spirit of the Antichrist because it's anti-love. It's not of God. It's not God. what God intended for men or husbands. So, so what happens is there's a strength that a man uh, provides that can't be provided by the woman. There's, there's I don't a, want to. <laughs> and so actually our society, you know, all... I think it's wonderful that women have been liberated to be able to do more things. But in the process of that, there's been a, it, it, it's almost like a man shaming going on. Yes. It's like for, for women to take that place, they feel like they have to make men feel like they can't do anything. Right. Or they need to just shut up. Mm-hmm. And th- so there's been a reverse of that. And it partly, partly it goes to the nature of a man though. And we'll, <laughs> there's a tendency for a man to not be as emotionally responsive. And this is partly why I think there's a spiritual sensitivity that you don't recognize in men right up front. And I'm, I'm encouraging the men here. So uh, I, I heard an example of this is what women are, they're like, a, they're, they're like kindling on a fire. They catch on fire real fast. And they, they, and they respond, even spiritually. And men aren't quite as, as quickly responsive. They, in fact, it's reflective of their normal nature, even in the home. You know, it's like I was talking with Michael yesterday. He said, he, said he, has, he has a tendency to just not be upset about anything. You know, whereas the woman a lot of times is, is the one that's the kindling. There's a fire going on, you know what I'm saying? But, but if you have the right fire going on for a man, he becomes like the log that's going to burn all night long. Uh, but he... It, it's not that he's not capable. It's just going to take more there for him. But it's, it's that way in a lot of other areas of the home too. It's, it's like the, and we'll see some great examples here. Let, let, me, uh, let me just look at this next. Uh, man, this is such good stuff. We just need to hang together on this. It's, it's going to really be, be great. There's a role for a man to play that can only come from an identity he gets from Christ. And it's only influ- influenced by others where they enhance this image. So part of the challenge, I think, for men that has taken place, you know, we, we looked at some of the challenges. If there's this need, the problem for most men, boys, is not having a good example, like Pastor Kim just said. We have all these other things going on. So there's not an identity for them to take. How, what do you emulate? What, what do I, where do I get the example here? The way most of us learn, and you know, it's like Braden's doing this learning thing online, and it's really been a challenge lately. He's supposed to be learning math. And, and, and what, what, what I see him doing in the classroom, and I don't see him doing at home, and we kind of have to help him with, is they want you to take a whole bunch of little marbles, and you, and you put a marbles in this thing. Why? Because there needs to be an experience with something. In the way we learn, Hunter up in Ohio, we had this amazing teach, teacher. What was her name? Miss Breaker or something like that. Blocker. That oh, was pretty close. I remember he was having a hard time with his letters and stuff. And so she got out this sand. You know, get out this sand and, and draw with your finger in the sand. There's something about the way we're made. We, what we experience becomes what we take in and we become. And in in, in our society, but not just our society. Sometimes we want to say, well, today it's just worse than it's ever. You know what? It's gone all the way back to the beginning. Yeah. It's just the way of sin. It's, it's the fall of man. Yeah. 
And what's happened is there's this fracture of the ability. The man is supposed to reflect the nature of God. The image of God. That's what the man, the father God. He's supposed to reflect that. He's supposed to be faithful. He's supposed to be protective. He's supposed to do all these things that are going to be helpful for the home. But the problem is there's a need to identify with something like that. And so a lot of times what happens is the man will withdraw and not be what he's supposed to be. So we have to go to a standard. We can't just say, what do I feel like being today? Do I feel, like, do I feel in touch with my man's side today or not? I think I'll just go with my woman's side. You know, it's like, no, we have, to, we have to develop a standard where we do have something we, we can emulate. Right. And we, so, so the, the person that becomes in Christ become, gets a different reset. Have you heard about the great reset that people are wanting to do? Well, there is a great reset in Christ. And what you do is you get a new past. You get a new image that you can relate to. Amen? And now you turn off the influences. Because, you know, in different cultures, I, I grew up, you know, we're part of a kind of a German culture, I guess, you know. And, but there's like Irish and, and Italian. It's like, it's like uh, my, my sister married into the Caminetti family. Well, they're Italian. And... Um, so, so my brother-in-law grew up, he, he's not a very tall guy, but he's a little Italian guy. He worked in the, in the, uh, uh, the I think for GM or something like that up in Ohio, you know. And um, but I remember they used to say he would tell his wife, <laughs> well, I don't know if he actually did this, but this is what they said they would do. Uh, you know, give her a slap and say, that's for nothing, now don't start nothing. You know, <laughs> but there's certain cultures that are kind of like that. It's like the male is supposed to just, just be mean or dominant or, or, or he's not supposed to be, you know, even very empathetic or affectionate. And, and so depending on where you're coming from, it's very consistent that we don't, we don't have the perfect example in, a, in an earthly form. And so when we get born into Christ, what, do we, what does it say? It says old things are passed away. Some of those old things are going to need to be an influence that causes you to have a perspective of the Father God based upon somebody you've seen as an earthly father. And this is how we are as, as human beings. Everything that, you know, I'm saying things right now. I'm speaking in English. But what you're hearing, you're converting all the time based into what your experience in the past has been. So we come in and we start talking about a father God. So we have to go back and say, okay, what is a father? This has been my experience with a father. This is what I've seen as a father on the sitcoms. This is, you know, <laughs> that's all we have, isn't it? But in Christ, we get a reset. We can say, no, I can look at something else to be my example. My father was a very good father. He still is. I mean, I have a great example in a father. He's not perfect. He's not my ultimate example. I have to go to Christ. I have to look to him. Amen? Now, there's things about my father. They, they showed me God. Yeah, and, and this for, for men, I believe, is the, is the best thing that you can learn to do is to just reflect God. How do you reflect God? You get in his face. And that's the thing my father did the best, I think, is just be passionate about God. Showed me passion for God. Why? Because now, 
when you're showing passion for God, it begins to reflect in everything else that you do then also. So, praise God. Yeah. So, my boys, is your grandfather passionate about God? Is he? Hayden? Is granddad passionate about God? You think so? <laughs> is your dad passionate about God? So you have that same passion in, in you now, right? Because you've exemplified it. So it, it's, it's by example that we do it. We can have passion for other things, and we'll pass on that passion. But if we have passion for Christ, we'll pass that on. So in Second Peter 1. Let me, let me just get this one in. Oh, I'm quick. sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Didn't do my advancing that. I refer to this. I just, want, I just want to talk about it real quick. Galatians 2.20 is just so wonderful about this. It says, my old identity, and I like this translation, my old identity, and this is what this is all, all has to do with, what are we identifying with? It's an identity culture that we're in, right? Yeah. What are we identifying with? In Christ, we've been given a new identity, and we have to, if, if you're, it, you know, for me to be, have been affected by my father in his relationship with his God, I had to hang out with dad some. It was my hanging out with dad that allowed him to influence me. If we're going to get affected by Jesus, if we're actually going to take on his fathering example that he gives us, we have to get in his presence. We have to be with him all the time. But my old identity has been co-crucified. Don't you like that? We were crucified with Christ, with Messiah, no longer lives for the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Yes. So this is a reality and now. So 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4, this is the NIV. It says, uh, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge or our knowing of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So these are the promises that men and women have in Christ. Uh, we have the divine nature of Christ himself in us. And we don't have to act like the world. We can act like him. Amen. Amen. So. I, you know, I, I saw this and I thought this was really interesting. This was in Adam. This, this challenge. To his. Him taking his place as a man. It was in him before they went and ate that fruit. Did you know that was going on? So we like to give all, especially men, we like, to, don't you like to just give all the, the blame to Eve? It's like, man, Eve, man, if it hadn't been for Eve, we'd still be in the garden, right? <laughs> but did you know it happened? Eve was enabled by Adam to even be tempted in the first place. I see, I see men and women looking at each other. <laughs> Don't look at each other. <laughs> men on one side, women on the Adam other. Adam was supposed to be reflecting the nature of God, which is a great protector. Is God our, our, our refuge? Is he our safe place? 
We have Psalm 91, right? Let those arrows come against me. They're not going to pierce me because I'm in the secret place of the most high. That's the nature of the Father God, isn't it? To be that. You know what? Adam was supposed to be reflecting that for this wonderful thing that came out of his side, this woman. You know? What happens? I'm telling you what. First thing that would happen if a snake came into our house. Would she be over there talking to that snake? Y'all, he brought home a snake from the church to my house. Yeah. It was this big. That was, it was a terrible snake. It was a serpent. It was this big. Braden wanted it as a pet. Guess what? It crawled out of the box. He put it in a box. And she found it after it dried up. And it was, you're talking. Why am I up Come on, here? we got to move along here. <laughs> Guess who had to pick up the dead snake? Me. <laughs> All right. Oh, right, that part of the story. Okay. But what, what, is, what is the role of the man in the house? And I know, you know, there's some different kinds of, you know, you can have some pretty, pretty brawny woman too, you know, that can really take care of things too. But, but it's the real nature of, of the man to be the serpent killer, isn't it? Or the intruder comes through the door. It's like, who's, who should be there? <laughs> go get her, go get her. Like, <laughs> no, you're not hiding behind that couch. You're the man, right? If you're the man. <laughs> if you're really doing what you're Adam failed before they even went over and looked at that tree. He failed when that serpent came in. He didn't protect her, did he? Right? He let him come in. in the first Man, if it had been lynched all that, that, that thing would have been chopped up into pieces before it even opened its mouth. My friend, he ate snakes. I ate snakes too, but, you know, anyway. Um, and actually, you know, and, and this goes to the nature that men have to fight. I believe Adam actually was not deceived the way Eve was. He perceived what was going on and went along with it anyway. And this is what can tend to happen for a man. And we'll get to the woman's side of this. Because a man needs to stand up for what is right. No matter how much he's feeling like he needs to do something. He needs to resist that, okay? Um, he didn't take his authority, and in the process, he was unfaithful to God. We don't realize that, that the, the man's role in the home is not just between you and the woman, it's between you and God. You're supposed to be protecting. Yeah. And when you take your role and you do that in the home, what you're doing is you're actually solidifying your reflection of God. You're supposed to be faithful to the image of God. That your role, you've been designed for this. You've, you stood up there and said, I do in front of God. And now you're running away from the, it might not be a, ser a serpent, but it, it might be a conflict that you don't want to deal with. It might be something you don't, don't want to handle. And the natural thing for the man is to say, man, I'm tired. Just leave me alone. Right? Can I stick something in no, there? No, you can't. No, yes. I'm just kidding. It's, real, it's valid. <laughs> so one of the wonderful things that I've gotten to do as pastor's wife is, is be in the room with women who've had babies, one, one in particular. And it was just me and the husband and this woman. And um, this man in particular was, was not very, um, how do you say, proactive <laughs> in, in his place, especially with this woman having her baby. And so I helped her along. And when the baby was ready to, to come, I woke him up and <laughs> Come, your baby's coming. Anyway, my point is, when the baby was had come, come, uh, there was some complications, and I'm praying 
I'm standing here praying just as a spiritual leader. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, tell him he needs to speak over his baby. It's not your place. It's his place because he's the covering. He's the head of this house. So I said, Jim, I'll just say his name is Jim. Jim, you need to speak over your baby right now. (laughs) And then when he started, the baby came too. The baby was not breathing until that moment. So, but it's important, men, that you speak. You use your voice of authority in your home. So, so the whole fall of, of Adam was not just the fruit. It was before that even. It was the preparation going into that. But, but that's what we all are born into as males is that's part of our natural nature. Those things that were, were our failures and how we were actually designed to, to, to be as males. But Jesus came along and he, and he provided an example that is, he's faithful. He fulfilled everything that a man should be. And he gives us an example. So when we're in Christ, now we have a great reset. We can, we can look at him. And we can find some things. And aren't you thankful for the word of God? We don't just have to sit here and think, oh, let's see. I'm just going to imagine Jesus. And that's what I'm going to be. No, we go to the word of God and we get to see what it is. Amen? So that's what we're going to do here. Um, we're going to look at what a husband is. So what, what we were just looking at is just a male. Just, just what's built into a male. And I know, you know, we could probably spend a whole week getting deep in and all that kind of stuff, but we just want to see that there's some things in, in the nature of a man that, that God has designed, and it's going to go into to his uh, ability to be effective in the family. And the first thing is, is uh, husband, why don't we go ahead and show those, those photos? We can just entertain people just a little bit here. Um, I, isn't it fun? Memories are fun, aren't they? I was thinking about that. Well, the wonderful thing about a memory is you can kind of just impose whatever image over that memory you want. It's like, I was Rocky Balboa. I was, I was the Italian stallion, you know. And just tell me if you don't agree a little bit here. All right, yeah. There we go. He yeah. had that, what do you call that haircut? I had a little mullet. bit of a mullet going on, yeah. We didn't of like our ears there. to be seen too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got one more, I think. So. There we go. They married us. We got married in their home. It was wonderful. So it took a wound in Adam to get his bride. And Jesus' wounds brought forth his bride, the church. Successful marriage is based on sacrifice. And I remember when uh, we were getting ready to get married, he was living with, he and his brother and his sister were all living in a house together together. His sister was teaching at the Bible school I was at, and uh, his brother is actually my age. We're about seven years apart. So when he got ready to leave, their family is very close. There's five siblings. They're very, very close. So I remember when he got ready to leave, he was like depressed when he got, he was leaving the house, bringing all his stuff out. I think you might have even shed a tear. You were really sad to leave your family. And I kept thinking, leave and cleave, leave and cleave, brother, leave and cleave. <laughs> I was much younger. I was okay with it. <laughs> so that was, that was me leaving and cleaving. I look pretty good leaving and cleaving there. I, you didn't see me in the weeping part. <laughs> it doesn't say leave and weep. <laughs> <laughs> leave and cleave and weep. So Genesis 2.24 says, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. And, you know, I'm just going to say I'm really proud of my kids, my, my two that have gotten married. Um, 
because they have really done this. They've been so good at, they left and they are very much cleaving to their spouses, Hunter and, and uh, Haley have. Hayden's not married yet, but and he'll do the same. I know he will. But they have been so good at just keeping that, that cleave, cleaving, I almost said another word, cleaving <laughs> together <laughs> and it being a tight-knit, wow, a tight-knit um, bond and, and being very careful to not allow anything else in. And you know, it's so important. It really is. It's, it's a, uh, I think it's, it shows forth some good things in, in what they've been trained in. Yeah. So, so this is this is God's design. We 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 looked at this earlier. It's part of the creation. It said uh, when when the woman was created, that's actually when the man became a man, and he required woman to be complete at that point. So when there's when we when a man and a woman come together, there's there's an intended completion of who he is. That they become one flesh. There's a reason for uh, there's <laughs> well there's a reason for copulation. And it's to make, it's, it's for man and woman to come together and be one. That's why it's not supposed to be a common thing that you do with a bunch of different people. Because you're not supposed to be come together and be many. <laughs> you're supposed to come together and be one. Because there's a whole purpose of family that is directly, it's not just connected to the flesh. There's a spiritual connection that takes place. That you become complete when you come together. And that's... Back in Genesis, that's why you, you, you leave your mother and your father. You don't say, okay, you get to live with me now with my mother and my father and their influence. No, we, go, we create a new family now. And we're going together reflect the image of God. And it's going to require both of us to do that. And that was the wonderful thing about me finding my wife is I found out that I did need her to complete my purpose. There's something about me, and, 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 and there's things that are continually taking place. But what I want to encourage us in is no matter where we're at in our life, there is right now a place for us to go to that is better than where we're at. And, and realizing this powerful thing that, that is the family that gets to reflect the image of God and, and provide for a, a revival in this world. It's going to happen through family. Um, it's never too late to work on family. It's never too late. And you're never too old. Well, and, 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 and uh, like we referred to last week, it's not just uh, the, the earthly family that you're a part of. What Jesus said is what makes me able to be an earthly family the way it's supposed to be is my identity with the family of God. And this is what we're brought into when we, when we say we're a new creation in Christ. You know what? Now, my main understanding of even my spouse is not that she's supposed to bow down to me or it's not just an earthly thing anymore. No, she's a child of God. And now, more than, than my spouse, she's a child of God. And now, my relation to her as is, is my spouse becomes enabled because it's an identity with Christ and, and a family that's from above. You see how powerful that is? And you can have that whether you, you have a spouse or not. You can be a part of the family of God, and you can, you can fulfill your purpose. God will take you. I believe he has, he has people planned for us in our lives, but if we don't end, end up ever getting uh, married to somebody, Paul never did. In fact, he said it, it would be easier for you if you didn't, <laughs> but you better be connected to God if you're doing that, right? 
Um, you don't want to burn um, in, in different ways there, right? Uh, but there is a role for uh, a husband. And we're just going to look at Ephesians. And I'm so grateful for this. Uh, we've got a few passages we want to look at real quick. Is this good this morning? Yes. Amen. It's good for us to have an understanding. If you're, not a, if you're a woman, it's for, uh, good for you to have an understanding of who your, your husband is and some of the things that he's going through too. Because um, sometimes that's not so obvious. You know, I thought, I don't need any counseling. I don't need any of that kind of stuff. And, uh, maybe uh, help. <laughs> you know, once you get married. There's some things I, I think I can maybe help. And thankfully, the word of God, it gives us a lot of things. Amen. Ephesians 5. So we're going to go there and look through a, a, through a, a few uh, scriptures and draw some things out as we go. Um, for the husband is the head of the of the wife, and sometimes the women this this can be a bludgeon that, that men like to use. The Word of God says, "I'm the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and He is the Savior of the body." And He just ruined it for you right there, because <laughs> we're going to look at how Jesus is the head of the church. And I wanted to just look at, um, I'm going to have Pastor Kim help me with this. And she's going to give some examples. Uh, oh, no, let me, uh, let me read this passage first. The husband, uh, oh, I wanted to do another translation. I like this message. It says it just a little bit different. The husband provides leadership. Don't you like that? It gives a little bit different perspective. It's not just head, but he gives leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. Isn't that good? So here's, I'll just preface what she's going to say. All right. I'm sorry. I'm letting you lead. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to let her go through these, these points here. But I was thinking about, you know, when you think of, a, of, of an anatomy of a head, uh, the, there's a role that the head plays, isn't it? What's its biggest role? To, to dominate the rest of the body? To... to Make it feel like it can't do anything. It's actually supposed to protect, isn't it? It's supposed to, it's supposed to make it the rest of the body be the best thing it can be. That's the job of the head, right? And it does that almost like it, it's almost like it becomes the servant of the rest of the body, doesn't it? It's not. It's not above at all. It's a part of the body, actually, right? The head is a part of the body, but its function is to serve the rest of the body. And you know how the head gets glorified? It's when the rest of the body is healthy, when it's strong, when it doesn't stink. You know? Right? So. So I was just thinking as you were talking, some of the things that I was drawn to with Pastor Steve when I first saw him. I didn't really know him. I didn't stink. No. That, thank God. But. No, I, we actually met when I was 16 and first time, 16 and you were 23, something like that. And I was singing in a youth band for a camp meeting uh, downtown Tulsa and Mark Hankins, his, our brother-in-law was actually teaching it. It's so weird how <laughs> so many things. And then they, you were traveling with Mark at the time, right? And so you were there, just happened to be there. But I didn't notice him because I'm 16. I'm not supposed to be noticing 24-year-olds, right? Rocky Balboa sat right next to her, and she didn't even notice. <laughs> no. And then I That's didn't, funny. You need to laugh. I didn't that. even that remember funny. that. And so then years forward, uh, we met later. I don't even remember when it was. But um, when I saw him at Rama Church, and, and I thought, who is that? I saw him. 
And you know what? I was thinking back on the first thing that really um, I recognized was I saw his strength just in his walk and like physical walk. I saw him walking. I thought, he's really strong. I'm one of those strong walkers. Strong walkers. And I saw confidence. And I'm going to tell you, that was one of the things that really drew me was I, I recognized the confidence, spiritual confidence that he had. And you can, you can fake it, but you're going to find out how strong you really are. And that spiritual confidence and ability to lead a home, ladies, can I get an amen, is the most important thing in my life anyway, is for my husband to have a spiritual headship and leadership. Because the thing is, is when things get rocky and shaky, I can trust that he has a direct connect with the Holy Spirit and God. And so I can go directly to him myself instead of going to him and complaining and nagging and why don't you do this? I can go to the direct connect and say, God, I need you to fix him. Help me. And he goes to the same source and we're both going to the same place and we're both getting help instead of this thing going Guys, on between us. Guys, this works the other way too. So. Yeah, it works both ways. <laughs> so, but you know, it's important that the husband is strong and he's leading spiritually. And, and you know, if you don't have somebody in your life, I, I, you know, I would say Get with God and get strong. Get confident in the in the Holy Spirit. Or if you have somebody in your life, and it. Or if you have, no, I'm just saying yeah. that that's a drawing. That's a drawing force. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so the head does not dominate or lord over. It does not. It is not helpful for you to be abusive to yourself. Right. You have to be able to lead your family, and if you are feeling lack of confidence and a low self-esteem, you're not able to lead in the way that you should. And so that confidence needs to come from being in the presence of the Lord. So he has a responsibility to protect. That's one of the the number one things that I I know I I look for is to kill the snake. Provision, um, care, and guidance. And I will add to this because you wrote that, a listening ear. A listening ear is very important. Sometimes I'll talk, 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 because I've been alone with a child at home during the day, and he'll come home, and I'll talk. And he'll walk out of the room while I'm talking. Isn't it good to know that we still have room to grow? How many have ever? I'm still growing. (laughs) He walks out of the room, and so I'm like, that's a signal to me that you don't care what I'm saying. I, want, I need you to stand near. I care. I'm just thinking about something else. You know, well, it's like... God doesn't. <laughs> and that's the point. <laughs> God doesn't walk away from us while we're talking, right? He's attentive. The word says uh, he's attentive. His ear is attentive to my cry. Um, so <laughs> this, is we, this is why we go to the this throne of grace going. so we can find help in this time of need. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to use the scripture on one another. Yeah, but okay. anyway, so. It's important that we have that listening ear. It's it's valuable. Um, The head is a part of the very body he is serving. The head is a part of the very body he is serving, so it's important. He's leading well. We'll treat all parts with the same care as he desires to receive. Do you want to jump in there? I can hear you breathing. (laughs) You're going, (gasps) go ahead. No, that's fine. Okay. And accomplishes no purpose by dominating and abusing other body parts. What would it be like if I abused other body parts? I would not be helping myself. Well, and, and you know, there's I people that have issues something. where they do that. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's a problem. Yeah. 
if you're cutting yourself or doing something, you know, it's hitting it's, yourself. It's, uh, but how often that might actually take place in a home, you know, and, and you don't realize when you're hurting somebody else that you're hurting yourself. Well, and uh, something else I will say, it's it's really important too, especially when you have children, uh, for the covering and for the man to get a hold of these things because uh, if you don't have a hold of it, then you'll pass that down to the next generation. Your children's children, your children and your children's children will pick up on the insecurities and things that maybe you haven't dealt with. And it's sort of a hereditary thing and, and we're not under the curse, we're under the blessing. And so we can take a hold of those things and use the word on them. And is glorified by the health and beauty and success of that for which he is responsible. You can elaborate. <laughs> I say things different than she does. Yes. It's like, <laughs> this is your statement, okay. <laughs> he uh, says it backwards. The way uh, I would say, I would say it totally the other way. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I'll get to, I'll, I'll elaborate on this a little bit more in just a second. I just want to make sure we get through some more. I, I do have a statement here, though. The purpose of the head is to monitor all areas of the body to provide protection, provision, and direction. By the feedback it's getting from the body, the head is enabled to fulfill its role. That's how the head works, isn't it? It doesn't just do stuff based upon what it thinks. It's continually getting feedback, isn't it? And from that feedback, it's it enabled walk to away. fulfill its role. Uh, so, so part of the, the man being the head in the home, he's not just supposed to go in and say, here's how it's going to be, you know, unless you're from Texas, man. I don't know. That sounded like Texas, didn't it? <laughs> but but, you're not gonna but he goes in and, and, and he's sensitive to the needs and to the needs that are going to need to be fulfilled. For me, I don't have the same sensitivity as especially my wife, but my kids. You know, I can come in and be okay if the, if the blinds are closed all day long and my wife says, no, they have to be open, right? <laughs> so the way of the home is going to be affected by my, okay, so no, you know what I do now is I do close the blinds at home at night, and the, but I'm sensitive to what she wants, you know, and it's like, um, yeah. I came in the house one day and all the blinds, I had opened them that morning. I knew I did because it's my habit to do so. I came in and they were all shut. And I'm like, who shut the blinds? And it was a beautiful sunny day. And nobody said, yes, that was me. Nobody. Nobody wanted to admit it. Well, sometimes it's just a carryover from the night before, right? No. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's when I, I do, I, I will violate my knowledge of her preferences. Um, if it's in the middle of the day and I'm upstairs and I'm getting really hot and there's, it's like the blinds are open on when the sun comes. Okay. Anyway. Okay. But from Jesus is where we're getting our example, right? Our, our image of, of the Father. And um, uh, we'll get to this. Actually, um, he's not the Father here. He's the husband, right? He's given the example of the husband. It's how the husband treats, he, how Jesus treated the church is how the husband's supposed to treat the spouse, right? From Jesus, the example is void of domination. He doesn't dominate at all. He's not arrogant. He's not authoritarian. He's not self-centered. It's a not, everything he does is he lays down his life for the church, right? So to represent the image of Christ, the loving care given to the wife will precede any merit, and this is the wonderful thing I think we can, man, if we could just take this with us. 
that a lot of times when a man wants to take place in a home and he's, and he's gifted to, to uh, his role is supposed to accomplish that or influence it, he wants, he wants to do it by dominating and saying, I said it, this is the way it has to be because this is how men understand you give an order, it's supposed to be done. You know, it's like, and, and, and Jesus comes along and gives an example. He says, no, first of all, you develop a relationship of love. You give something first. And you establish a basis upon which now you can begin to ask for things to be done. And they'll be done from a heart that wants to because it's been loved. Does this make sense? And actually there's more strength in that. There's more understanding in that because you're, you're caring about the, the family. Right? And there is something that needs to take place. But you're doing it by giving first. This is always what happens. Uh, uh, that in relationships, and I want to encourage us in this, and I, I referred to it a little bit earlier. If you want something to change in a relationship, start thinking about what you can do first. I know my kids, I've talked with them about that before. If you want something to change, look at yourself first. Because Jesus, that's his example. He said, my church needs to be saved. My church needs to be healed. What can I do about it? I can give my life. And that's the role of the husband in the home. That's the role of the head. To try to just make things change? No, to lay down your life. And now the church can change because you laid down your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it's wonderful. Aren't you glad we have an example like that? So, uh, verses, when, when you do this for me, then I'll do this for you. The love desired will be known subsequent to the love given. How many, I think the men, I think this is one of the biggest passions of a man is to be loved, is to be honored, is to be considered with respect, right? And a lot of times our own nature causes us to not experience that because we don't understand that the true strength that will produce the very thing that we're passionate for is when we give it first. And a lot of times we come in, we can be so critical of this, critical of that. What we're seeing is the wrong, and we're withholding the love we're supposed to give. Or we're thinking, that's not manly to be loving like that or something. You know, it's, but no, we, I didn't look at Daniel. I take that back. Okay. I saw him out of the corner of my eye. I didn't look directly at him. Okay. <laughs> Continuing in, in Ephesians 5, we're going to skip the 24th because it does talk about wives. We're going to talk about that later, okay? But we go on to the husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. When did he do this? Before she put her makeup on. Before she got her toes done. When she was not feeling well. It was the time of the month, <laughs> you know? When, 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 when it was not comfortable, when, it, when she was not being something that he wanted her, when she was not being, bringing him glory by, she, the house was a mess. What other examples can I come up with? I don't know. You know what I mean? He loved her first. He loved her first, right? Um, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. He's caring for her. He's doing whatever it can, he can do to make sure if she's in a, in, a, in a reduced position that she's being brought up out of that. If she's not clean, that she's being cleansed. 
Can you see that? To present her, now this is the key here, to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. Who's responsible for the glory of the woman? The man. If there's something not right in, in the home, that the woman's not being fulfilled, if she's not even, if she's, if she's feeling, uh, her image is feeling down, whose responsible is, responsibility is it if you're in Christ? It's the man. We're supposed to have Jesus as the example, right? And I, I want to lay down what I think about it. I'm going to take up the example Jesus has given me. This is what we've been given from the word of God. It says, he lay down your life before they do anything right. And, and if you're having a problem with that, it's just like me with having a problem with, what was I having a problem with? Um, I oh, she forgot. She's, she's casting in the sea for forgetfulness, which is a very good thing to, to become familiar with. Um, uh, I've gotten good at it. <laughs> but those things that you're still working on, right? Um, but our role is to go to the throne of grace and say, God, help me with this. I recognize that I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a man. I'm, I'm the head in this home as a husband. I need help to do this. I'm thankful that you're giving me the way. Amen? All right. Oh, I just thought of something. Okay. The, uh, go ahead. <laughs> Usually the very thing that we teach on. Just don't go into this too much. <laughs> Is usually the thing on Monday that is you're presented with. So just be ready. Just be ready. <laughs> the enemy wants to come and steal and kill and destroy. He'll take the truth that you've heard and, and make you feel like it can't be done. Right. Or that that uh, it's not going to work for you. Yeah. Works for everybody and, else. And that's where you, these these things you have to stand in faith for. Your identity in Christ. We want to say, this is what I am in Christ. I have all this. I have all this. You know what your identity in Christ is? Being the man you've been made to be if you're a man. Being the woman you've been made to be. Being a child of God. Being a part of the family of God. That's what we get in Christ. And everything else flows from that. Um, so, this is yours. How the man interacts. How the man interacts with his wife is to be a direct reflection and likeness of how Christ cares for the church. Ephesians 5, 28 through 30. This is the Passion Translation. Husbands have the obligation, obligation of loving and caring for their wives the same way that they love and care for their own bodies. For to love your wife is to love your own self. Some people need to love themselves so they can love their wives. No one abuses his own body but pampers it, serving and satisfying its needs. That's exactly what Christ does for the church. For we are members of his body. Oh, was that, was that a comment? Breath? I was <laughs> no, I think it's just... <laughs> I'm getting ready to comment. <laughs> I think it's important for us, you know, not only to look at this man and wife, but people. Anytime there's people... Uh, there's a challenge, and it never goes away because there's always people, and it doesn't matter how long you're married or, or, or uh, you know, it, it, I think it's amazing even in the church how, you know, we could be presented with uh, a temptation to get into strife or offense, you know, presents itself, and it's important that we are reflecting the likeness of Christ in every area. This this identity... Uh... With with the wife as being part of his own body is 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 the way Christ looks at us. He he doesn't he cares for us as if he's caring for himself. 
Um, so how, how, does, how, does God, how does Jesus get glorified? And I thought about it this way. <laughs> he gets glorified. We're going we're gonna to see it with relation to a shepherd. But also, if, if you were to think of um, uh, somebody being a, 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 the man of his home, how are you going to, how, how is that guy going to be glorified? I want to have an understanding of what that is. Um, you know, he can dress himself very well. Have you ever seen somebody that's like really dressed, man, they, really fancy, you know, and their hair's slicked back and everything's, their beard is trimmed just wonderfully and everything's perfect. But what if you looked over and looked at their wife and she's snaggletooth, her hair's falling out, she's got... She's got long hairs coming out of her nose, you know, and, and you know, she's walking with a gimp, you know, and, and you're, you're thinking, man, he, he looks pretty good, but he just lost all his glory if that's his wife. <laughs> Does that make sense? What is it about the woman that you know that she's being taken care of when she is, when she has everything that she needs and she's happy? <laughs> How many know that if, if the woman's happy, the home has a really good chance? If not, there's not any chance, right? Why? Because the, and, and it's, the, it's not her responsibility. It's the responsibility of the head. Because he is responsible for making sure. And, and she might need to make some adjustments, but they're going to come first when he loves and takes his position in love. That's what we've been given in, the, in, in Christ, right? That's what he did. And what Jesus did when he laid down his life for us was he established his own glory. Man, this is, this is revelation if you, if you grab it. That Jesus isn't separating himself from us. He's attaching himself to us. And when we are blessed in Christ, that's how Jesus is glorified. When, we, when our wife is blessed as, from a husband's standpoint, that's how we are glorified. And oh, I was thinking about this. There we go. I came back. I'll take my breath again, okay? <laughs> and maybe this is my personal testimony, but maybe, maybe I'm touching every guy here. I feel the worst about myself when I've just mistreated or I'm in a struggle with my wife. I feel like running away. I feel like... I mean, I'll even admit it, I, I wanted to perish. I wanted to leave this life because of my conflict with my wife. Does anybody identify with that? We do have conflicts. So what's happening <laughs> is in that conflict, what it, it's doing something to me. <laughs> because I'm, we're connected. And if I'm coming against her, if I'm hurting her in some way, it's hurting me. Because we're, in, we're one flesh together. So Jesus comes along and he gives you, hey, I got a solution for you. You love first. Some of the best stuff is yet to come. Man, there's some really good stuff here. And it's so, it's so essential for us as guys. I, you know, <laughs> the, the very thing that we're strengthened for, I think, gets challenged the most. And so a lot of times what men will do is we'll just recede. We'll just say, okay. Whatever you say. That's kind of what Adam was doing. Because women are strong in the homes. They're very strong in the homes. And so what a lot of times what men will do is just recede and not take their place. Yeah. 
So this is some of the stuff I think we need to look at. Jesus, when you, when you get the example of Jesus, he did not hold back from taking his place. He took his place, but he took it in love. And there's a way for a man in a home to have things right and for it to actually exalt God, for our home to actually glorify God. Is that amazing? <laughs> now, I just want to encourage you in this, that anything that there is in Christ, from the point that we're born again, it's a growth process. Now, we can put it on hold by just not doing anything about it. But what I love about it is the best is always right before us as soon as we begin to do. What did Jesus say? He said, if you love me, you'll do what I'm asking. But he didn't say, if you love me after I've not done anything to, to get that love. He says that after he's laid his life down. There's a place for a man in a home to actually have it be his dream home. If he follows the example of Christ. Jesus laid down his life to have the dream church that would glorify him. And, he, and in the process, he gave us an example of the family that God established. The pattern for us to take. But I, I believe the Holy Spirit is here every single... Uh, the Holy Spirit's hovering over this place right now. One, to make transformation in our hearts. And the biggest thing that I desire is not even just a move of the Holy Spirit. I want people to be changed as a result of encountering God. He's given us his word. He's given us gifts of the Spirit. He's given us each other to be transformed. We're born again into Christ, but I want to continually be transformed from glory to glory into the very image of Christ. And it will be reflected in our homes. You know, Pastor Kim said, this will happen with other people, not until it happens in your home. You know, I think, I think I've seen people, and this is the thing for me, that I've had to overcome as a pastor's kid. I've seen a lot of people in ministry that have not been the same in the pulpit as they've been in behind. I've, 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 I've had a rough time with that. But I'm thankful that, that they're not my example. Christ is my example. Amen? And also I have to understand, instead of judging somebody and, and turning my back on God, I can have compassion also and believe that they're on, still on, on their pathway. Amen? Instead of judging them, because what the, that's just me again. They're, they're part of the body of Christ. If I come down on them, well, I'm hurt myself again, right? <laughs> anytime we do that, anytime in the body of Christ, all we're doing is hurting ourselves. Right. Amen. It's good to look at it from a, a manly standpoint, but I'm thankful that we have this in Christ. Amen. Yeah. We have families. We can just say this: that the New Life Church has families that are growing in the exalting of God's image. Yes. Amen. And as we do grow in our families, this, this is why it's so necessary. Because we've been praying for this as a church body. I want God to be glorified here. I want a move of the Holy Spirit here that's, that's amazing. You know where the Holy Spirit is welcome? Where people are real in their homes. Amen? And where there's a, there's a again, we're not, we don't have to be perfect. Jesus doesn't expect us to be perfect. He just expects us to come. Amen. And say, I need you. I'm ready to change. I'm going to be, I'm going to allow this truth of the word to affect my life now as I'm living during this week. And what that does is it creates an atmosphere of honor of the Holy Spirit. What we've received here this morning has been some, some words we've kind of jested a little bit. It's kind of fun to 
you know, make fun of yourself once in a while. But, but, but the purpose of today is for the Holy Spirit to come in and allow us to see something that we can respond to. Amen? It's not works. It's just response to the one who laid down his life for us. Said, I laid down my life for you. Now I'm just asking you to come with me on a journey that's going to be so much better than you would ever go on on your own. Yes. Amen? Yes. Isn't that good? Yes. Praise God.